It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com uh, joining me on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. On this sunny Wednesday isn't it, afternoon. Isn't it absolutely lovely? Like we declared, now that it's cloud now, but we had this gorgeous clear blue sky this morning. It was just glorious. I, I, I knew as soon as you came back from holidays <laughs> that the weather would improve. <laughs> I had two good days in the two weeks. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. Okay, <laughs> let's get straight into questions. And a lovely handwritten letter in from Jack in Waterfall. Love, it's always great to get the old letters in the post uh, saying, uh, question for Peter, please. It's a potato problem. Planted golden wonders and is it Desiree? Yeah, Desiree. Yeah. Yeah. Desiree. Golden Wonders ended up getting infected with earworms. The Desiree escaped the problem. Actually, had a very good crop. Both were planted side by side in the same plot. Could the seed be the problem? Should I continue planting potatoes there? Or are some varieties disease-free? Ponders Jack. Okay, I would say it's a glass half full, glass half empty scenario. Could the seed be the problem? I would look at the Desiree as the seed being the solution that the Desiree didn't get it. Um, so, no, it's not the seed potato. The, the second part of it, like his own suggestion, should he not grow potatoes there again, is the answer. Um, crop rotation is, is, you know, hugely important when you're growing growing any edible crop. So, in other words, if you build up a, a population of eelworm and, and many of the, the caterpillars in the soil, um, the best way to control them is by growing your potatoes somewhere else for the next four years. So ideally you would have a crop rotation focusing on four or five different areas so that you'd, you'd have your potatoes growing in area one, in area A in year one, and then in year two they go to area B and so on so that you're growing them in different areas so there isn't a build-up of any pest or disease in one particular area. And really with eelworms it's probably the best, best, um, the best solution. Okay, and it was good to know he's a good he's a good crop though. Enjoy those potatoes, Jack. Yeah, There's absolutely. nothing like your own homegrown spuds. Uh, Mary in Kiskay, morning Patricia, question for Peter, please. We have cut back our beech trees. Should we seal the open cuts? And if so, what would Peter recommend? I'm going to say no. There are two schools of thought on this. It's like, um, I'm sure I've used this analogy with you before, Trish. It's like if you get a cut on your own hand, you know, do you put a plaster on it or not? Or do you let the air at it? So... Obviously, if it's a nasty cut on your own hand, you do need to, to, to put a dressing on it. But if it's just a minor cut and if it's a clean cut, then more often than not, you can leave it alone. And the same is true with your beech tree. So if you've given it a clean cut, would it be at a secateurs or a chainsaw, depending on the size of, of the cut? If it's a clean cut and it's it's you're not leaving any uh, rips or it's close to the bark, nature is amazing. It'll callous over that cut all on its own and it, it'll be fine. I would leave it breathe. However, if it's a tidy cut... So if Storm Ellen or one of those storms 
did the pruning and it's kind of ripped branches apart, well then certainly where bark has been ripped away and things like that, I might see it with the a fungicide. There are several of them on the market. They're all much the same. I actually don't really use them. Arbrex was an old name. I know there's one there, uh, Seal and Heal and or Prune and Heal and these ones. Um, basically what you're doing is you're putting on a waxy, a waxy plaster, if you like, for want of a better description that stops infection getting in there. Okay, now listeners sent on tests, sent on photographs uh, earlier by WhatsApp and we were able to get them on to Peter uh, with a note saying, Hi Peter, my friend moved this plant last week. Will it survive? It's well watered and it's been put into rich soil not far from where it was originally planted. Thanking you Tess and and I'm assuming you know what the plant is, do you? I am. I looked at the picture and first before I read the message I said, what's wrong with that? And then I saw the the, the the message and unfortunately the answer is in the question it, it's an echium it's a perennial echium probably echium pinana which is a stunning stunning uh, flower native to the Canary Islands um, but unfortunately moving it last week absolutely the worst worst time of the year possible that you could move anything ah. um, so there's your answer and will it survive I'm afraid the answer is, is probably not but I'm saying probably kind of through gritted teeth because hopefully it might but the, you're really in the lap of the gods on this one. No, it needs plenty of water. No, it's had plenty of water I'm at in the week since it's moved. Um, but you will need to give it plenty of water quite hard uh, to counteract root damage that was done. Unfortunately, the root system takes in water and nutrients out of the soil. They're, they're at the very extremities of the root system. They're microscopic. Obviously, we can't see them. Um at the moment, those root hairs are working hard every minute of every day, absorbing moisture from the soil and transporting it up through the plant. When we move something, we're severing some, if not all, of the extremities and thus the root hairs. So the plant now has no ability to take up water, or its limited ability to take up water. And unfortunately, at the moment, it needs all that water that it can get. Um, during the winter is why we do, why we do it during the winter is because the plant has a chance to repair that root damage before it's actively growing again. So a long-winded answer, but I'm afraid it, I think it's probably not going to survive. Okay, all right. Uh, this is from Anne. Uh, I have potatoes growing. I grow them every year and I have never set them before that they haven't been fine until this year. One plant has green potatoes growing on the branch and I've never seen that before. Well, when you get green potatoes growing the plant, but I imagine if she's growing them here, she probably knows this. If the green potatoes are growing near the plant, it's because they, they were... They're, they weren't earthed up enough that sunlight got to the, the, the tuber or sunlight's getting to potatoes and that's why it's green. It's the only thing I've ever heard of them getting green. So if you weren't earthing them up enough or if, if you didn't bury the first deep enough originally and the, the potatoes were forming t- close to the soil surface, that that's why they would be green. That's the only the only explanation I would come up with. Okay, and I picked, this is a photograph of um, apples from a listener in uh, Bantry uh, to say they haven't fully grown, a lot of them, and a lot of them have split. Is there something lacking in the soil? The apples that are presently falling have all been eaten by the birds. Should I take all the rest of them down now? And why are the birds eating so much of them this year? Thank you. Well, I can't answer the last part as to the birds' appetite. Uh, but obviously the birds will, bird and wasps, be careful when you're picking up windfalls because there could be wasps in them too, you see, so you do have to be careful. Um, would I take the rest of them down now? I suppose that's a balancing act between the birds because the birds will take them on the trees, as, as eat them on the trees as much as they'd eat them on 
but of course, depending on the bird. But um, I'd be slow to take them off before they're ready. But as to why they're they're cracking, and you know, I know everybody listening to the, the, your radio station will laugh when I say this, but cra- splitting rather in the in the the skin of the fruit is caused by erratic watering. Now that doesn't mean that they're not getting enough water because obviously they've had loads of water over the last two months. But it just means it might be erratic, and particularly at the time of the fruit forming, so earlier in the year around May. So if something's growing in a pot, uh, you soak the pot, and then maybe it doesn't get wet for five or six days. What's called erratic watering. You need to be more constant. Now, when it's a mature apple tree in the ground, it's it's unusual. It's not unheard of by any means, but it's unusual to see splitting caused by erratic watering. But I think maybe if you go back to April, May this year, the time of blossom, it was very, very good weather. If you remember that during the early stages of the lockdown, we were all out walking every day. Um, it may just, they may have, been, and then later in the year, they're getting so much water, it has certainly not been a constant level of I suspect that's what's caused the splitting. Uh, as regards them not all be fu- being fully formed yet, I'd be inclined to leave them on the tree. It's still early September, you're still another month to go at least. Yeah, and give the you're giving some food to the birds as well at the same time so so think of it that way Hi Patricia and uh, Peter lifting and dividing fairy fishing rod would it will will would it work now and will they flower next year should I cut the foliage right back Okay when they say fairy fishing rod I'm I'm guessing here that they're talking about the plant called Dirama which is angel's fishing rod is commonly referred to but it could also be referred to as fairy fishing rod that's that gorgeous delicate flower that hangs really over oh, I've a, it's growing in a friend's garden and it is stunning it's breathtaking yeah. it really is yeah. lovely uh, if that's what we're talking about and I'm guessing because common names do vary from area to area so I'm guessing that's what it is and if that's what it is um, you'd probably be better off waiting a small while before you lift and divide it ideally during the winter but in truth, I think if you do it now, you're not going to harm it. Um, no real need to cut back the foliage. Do it. Um, a certain amount of it will die off over the winter after the division anyway, but you will. I would clean it up in the spring before the new growth starts. Um, it, it should transplant relatively easily, or divide relatively easily. But will it flower next year? Possibly, maybe, maybe not. It, 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 there's no definite on that one. It, but it's, it's quite possible that it will, yeah. Okay, it's like great to see lots of people out in the garden trying to get work done. Somebody else wants to know, can I cut back Flame of the Forest shrub now? You can cut back Flame of the Forest now. But you do. Uh, I know most people grow Flame of the Forest for the lovely red new growth, which is what gives it its name, that lovely red growth. But it also does flower. It has beautiful kind of white lily valley type flowers in the spring as well. So by pruning it back now, you will sacrifice those flowers. You'll still get your new, obviously, enough next year and probably some now because the temperatures are still warm. But um, you will sacrifice next year's flowers. So the answer is yes, you can. But if you want to keep the flowers for next year, wait till they're finished flowering in kind of April of next year. Lots and lots and lots of people are asking about roses. And is it OK to prune roses now? It's certainly OK to trim them. Um, so if you've had your first flush of flowering or first flush of buds rotting depending on, on because of all the bad weather so if they've done their thing and they're, they're looking a bit untidy a few dead flower stems on them certainly trim them back uh, and I suspect as we often discuss at this time of the year Trish that you will get more roses now in the autumn and early winter you will get more blossom so certainly trim them 
Uh, but I would leave off their, their hard annual pruning till later in the year, kind of sometime between November and February. I Actually, I spotted in the garden yesterday I have a small little rose bush uh, in an area that I don't get to see in the garden that often. And this magnificent red rose appeared yesterday. It's just stunning Gorgeous. to see it. Calling you. Calling Abs- you. It was calling me. John says, hi, uh, Peter. I recently earthed a sloped bank. I've put down daffodil, crocus, bluebell bulbs and some shrubs for next year. Problem is, grass and weeds are growing already. If I hoe it, the earth rolls off it into a water drain. Could I spray anything on it without damaging the bulbs of the shrubs? Thanking you from John. Uh, it's a question I kind of, I, I don't like to answer really because really the only thing you can do is get out there and hand weed it. I understand the problem that it is going to, to fall into the soil but yeah. The hands and hands and knees job really, and just pull them out individually. I know that may not be practical. Um, the reason I don't like to answer, answer it in weed killers because I don't recommend that we use weed killers in the garden. Uh, Roundup and glyphosate, which is the ingredient in Roundup, and 90, it's not just Roundup, even though Roundup is the the poster boy name for the bad one. Ninety nine percent of weed killers on the market contain glyphosate, um, and you can use it and it won't it won't harm the bulbs but I just don't I'm not sure that it's safe to use so that's a call you have to make yourself the answer to the question I suppose if you use it will it harm the bulbs or no will it harm the shrubs if you've planted shrubs yes if you touch them with the spray yes it will uh, but it's up to yourself then whether whether you're happy to use any of them or not Breather wants to know what can I put on a lawn for autumn feed the best one and bar none to use for autumn feed is the Winter Protect. It's the Lawn Gold Winter Protect, which I'm glad to say is made in Ireland. And the reason I think it's the best of all is because it's part of that Lawn Gold, ra- lawn gold range, which works kind of on a back-to-basics principle to lawn care. In other words, by, by maintaining the optimum pH for good grass growth, you're preventing uh, moss and, and the, you're not giving the opportunity for weeds to colonise it. So uh, you're, also, you're, you're, you're maintaining the correct pH, but you're also giving it a feed which is richer in potassium and phosphorus than nitrogen which is what you want at this time of the year so the lawn gold winter protect is what I would use now When can I prune a shrub called the Christmas box says Mark Christmas box is Sarsicocca not a mouthful of a name Sarsicocca but a really gorgeous plant a very sweet smelling um, not often not always as you might expect over Christmas but very often it doesn't flower until January or February but regardless whenever it flowers when it finishes flowering, if you cut it back now again, like the pyrus we were talking about earlier, you will lose the flowers for this winter. So don't cut it back yet. Cut it back just after flowering, depending on when it flowers. That could be February, that could be March, but that's time to do it. I have a problem with caterpillar, says Sean, on my broccoli and on my kale. I don't like using sprays. Well done. And you can't because it's food. Is there anything else you would recommend? Your fingers, I'm yeah, afraid. pick them off, there and pinch them off. Yeah, there really isn't. I'm sorry. The, 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 like you could the, the the garlic drench, which is where you you mix garlic, pulp up some cloves of garlic with with water. Google it for different many different recipes and and strength. Would do to make a garlic wash, and it will give you those recipes. Drench your your broccoli and kale and all the veg or any ornamental and vegetable plants to prevent it. Makes it, it makes the plants unpalatable to caterpillars and to aphids and to different. It works very, very well as a preventative. It doesn't always work brilliantly when they're on it. So when they've got the, the pester on it already, it, you know, you're far quicker to go out and do it by hand. I know it might seem like an awful job, but you're far, far quicker to do it by hand. Helen says, I moved a well-established magnolia stellata shrub and a lilac tree a couple of months ago. Now, I know I did it at the wrong time of the year, says Helen. The lilac tree has come along very well, but the magnolia leaves have dropped. So I cut them off and it's bare now. When I break a branch, it still looks alive. Have I done permanent damage? 
it, it's purely a case of time will tell on that one, Trish. I would, my, my gut would be saying yes, that moving into that time of the year that you have. However, if the branches are still pliant, and as you say, as she says, when she kind of tries to crack them, they still feel pliant and alive, then there is still life there. So it really is a question of time will tell. Now, nature has taken care of the watering since she moved it, but just you will have to pay attention for watering for the next month or so, and also next spring, pay close attention to the watering and cross your fingers and pray to whatever God you believe in that, that, that it's going to come on. <laughs> Ask St Anthony, he might be able to look after that as well. What is the right time to cut a red robin hedge, what Sheila wants to know? You could trim it back, certainly, kind of now, in the, towards the end of September. Um, I, but I would I'd be more inclined to give it a, a major cutback end of February, early March, very early March. Veronica is planning for the future. What's the best kind of plants to put into pots? She wants to attract butterflies and bees. God, there is... So many? I'm not going to give a straight answer to you, but, well, I'll give a couple of examples. Like the the butterfly bush is brilliant, but that'll get quite large. If you want something lower growing, a fabulous one at the moment is the sedums. The sedums are the ice plants. Sedum autumn joy is a stunning one that they flock to. For bees, it tends to be anything with the more, the simpler the flower, the better. So double petals or double flowers tend not to do so well. Uh, like single open dahlias and very, very simple flowers tend to attract the bees. And also try and avoid hybridised or F1 hybrids or anything that's overly hybridised because a lot of them won't be, won't be of any use to the bees. And what, what's attracted to, attractive to a bee, is it also attracted to a butterfly? Would it be the same for both? By and large, yeah, yeah. By and large, I think I think if you're attracting, if you're putting a plant that, as you say, good for one, it mo- most likely would be good for the other. Yeah. Okay. And Michael and Skibberine says, could you ask Peter, would a cordless trimmer cut very long grass? Yeah, I would say so. A trimmer, I presume. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it should do. People think that a lot of the, the battery operated and cordless hand tools. Uh, may not be that strong because they're not powered by petrol or, or, or any of them. But I've used a lot of the, the cordless tools now and I find them absolutely excellent. Just because they're powered by battery doesn't mean that they're weak. If you think about it, a battery can bring a car from Cork to Dublin, so it'll, it'll certainly trim your lawn. Um, so yeah, my experience of them is yes. Yeah, yeah, they, they are good. Okay, listen, we leave it there. Have a lovely week. And you. Thanks and for we'll talk, the garden. Uh, thanks a million. And we will uh, talk to you next uh, Wednesday. That's Peter Dowdell, theirishgardener.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.